pitch to the Center Circle Studio. Tim Van Horn goes studs up into the soccer world where no one is safe. The 18-yard box is wall-free. This is My Three Subs Podcast. A soccer odyssey with your manager, Tim Van Horn. kickoff from the center circle studios this is my three subs a soccer odyssey hey it's tim just reminding you this podcast is now powered by podcave the complete toolkit for podcasters brody and i want all of our time going into making the podcast as entertaining and as interesting as possible for you so that's why we ditched our old services made the switch over to podcave this is the complete podcast management combining all the tools we need to make the best shows we can to make them available on all the platforms you use and to always stay connected with you podcave provides unlimited audio storage so all our episodes new and the old ones are always available whenever you want them and our website <laughs> it's included and built into podcave so you always have a place to find us. It's that easy. Music and soundscapes we use on the show are professionally made and fully licensed by Podcave, so we don't worry about getting sued for using music without permission, and we know for sure that the artists who made it, well, they're getting paid, and that's always a great thing. We get email and text management tools to stay in touch with you, guest booking tools, episode planning tools. Podcave even includes customizable news feeds so that we can stay on top of the latest headlines. We used to have to piecemeal all that stuff, and it took hours. Believe me, it took hours. It cost hundreds of dollars every month, and we had to have all these different accounts to really uh, get the podcast to you. Well, that's all changed with Podcave. It's all in one place, and it's all inclusive. You're going to scratch your head, and you may even have to scratch your ears when you hear this. It's all inclusive for just $49 a month. That's right, $49 a month. Podcave, the complete toolkit for podcasters. Save time and money with your first or next podcast. Don't be afraid. Give it a try. Use Podcave. That's podcave.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-V-E, podcave.com. This is My Three Subs, a soccer odyssey. We're underway from the Center Circle Studios. Tim and Brody, thanks for having me on. Uh, really appreciate it. Miss you guys so much. It's nice to connect. <laughs> wow. wow, you must you must be desperate today because I, I got I certainly got a face for radio, not for anything else. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Yeah, 
that's, uh, you know, first, you know, hats off to, to Tim Howard, uh, James Rowling, and, and Craig Unger. They have been um, way ahead of this for us. Uh, constant updates, constant feedback, um, and really keeping us well informed uh, with the presence of, of but the overriding factor being the, the health and well-being of our of our players and staff. So um, that needs to be mentioned first and foremost. But we, you know, after Saturday's game, we had our normal, uh, you know, week of training. We uh, we caught wins that Hartford had postponed our game in April. That was the only thing that we had at the time. And then on Thursday, uh, when we were training, the word came out that the NBA had canceled or suspended their season. So we were pretty sure that we were going to follow next. So uh, after training on Thursday, that was really the last time we got together. Uh, and then we, obviously, Tim and James uh, and Craig took the forefront in their conversations with not only the USL, but MLS, and uh, Tim speaking with um, the Major League Soccer Player Association to see their stance on things. So, um, so we shut down operations then. Uh, we had a conference call uh, earlier this week uh, as more information started to drip through about the timeline of when the league is hoping to come back. And then uh, just working with our um, support staff, uh, Chris Collins uh, and Alexis Holt, our strength and conditioning coach and our nutritionist, to put together programs that they can do on their own uh, and making sure that their diet is taken care of. But one of my issues is in all this is, um, you know, obviously the players need to, to remain safe. Um, but at the same time, they, you know, they can get out and get some runs in. And, uh, I think the biggest piece that people forget about is, you know, these guys are used to really hard, intensive training for six days a week. So their calorie intake is high. So now that they don't have that, we really have to monitor the amount of calories they're consuming um, to make sure that, you know, we, we don't lose um, fitness. Look, everybody in the league is going to lose some match fitness, but I think the teams that come out of it healthy uh, in, in terms of not contracting the virus um, and come back with a smart approach to, to rebuilding back into the season are going to have a great advantage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and, and we have a good group. I mean, but I mean, they from the moment that this shutdown began, they were already reaching out and uh, you know trying to you know see what they could do, what we wanted them to do. You know, the one thing we asked, and, and it's really fallen into place. We asked them to stay out of gyms. Um, we have a good relationship with the YMCA, but we asked them to please stay out of there. Um, our Chris Collins, our strength and conditioning coach, put together a great body weight program for them. Uh, Alexis has been checking in daily on their nutrition, and then we put together a running program that they can do, they can do outside uh, with some time runs and some interval work so that uh, they maintain as much uh, fitness as they can. Look, everybody's going to come back not match fit, um, but I, I trust our guys are going to be in, in a good place when this all ends. <laughs> ben, Ben's the guy eating the donuts. So, so between Ben, between Ben's wife and myself, we put him on a strict auditorium of his uh, his calorie. I got him uh, online in that uh, my fitness pal put in his, his calories. So he's the, he's the one that we all worry about the most. <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll find a way. He'll hit Arkansas. He'll help Mississippi. He'll find something. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think both leagues are, are working in, in concert to, to put the timeline uh, the same. So uh, I believe, you know, it, you know, everybody's looking towards the middle of May, um, bearing any unforeseen changes in the CDC's recommendation. Um, so I think everybody's looking towards that mid-May um, uh, time frame to come back and start playing matches. Uh, the biggest thing that I think both leagues are uh, very aware of is, you know, when we start this, uh, we have to build in at least 14 days of, of like a proper preseason. Um, otherwise, you're going to lose um, a variety of players, multiple players, due to soft tissue injuries. Because you can just say, okay, you know, let's say uh, I'll take an arbitrary May 16th, we're going to play. And by the way, your first practice is May 11th. Well, that's just not going to work. So, yeah, so I think everybody, everybody wants to come back and play. Everybody wants to get back to normalcy. But as you referenced, you know, no one's going to put the fans, the staff, the players um, at jeopardy for this. So I think the idea, and again, it changes uh, with every, you know, every day based on the CDC's recommendations. You know, obviously the, the pie in the sky would be, you know, the middle of May. Um, but we'll, we'll still, you know, we're still remaining, you know, cautious to see if that's the case. Yeah, yeah, our, our guys, we've, um, you know, we've asked and explained to them, and all we have to do is turn on the news and see it. You know, we've recommended that they not travel, um, you know, for a variety of reasons. One, um, you know, you know, my Jersey guys, I'm sure would love to go back to Jersey, but Jersey's getting hit pretty hard, so that that wouldn't make sense. Um, you know, I think all of us understand that, you know, just leaving here, we open ourselves up to, you know, exposing ourselves to other people carrying the virus that we normally wouldn't come in contact with. We could bring it to family members wherever we're traveling to. Uh, and then, God forbid, uh, we have to close our own borders internally. Now, how do the players get back to Memphis? So, uh, I think the players have been fantastic. They understand that this is a unique situation. Uh, and not one player that I have known uh, has reached out to me about traveling home. Uh, and, and it wouldn't be my place anyway to speak to Tim or James, but I'm sure I would get that information. But yeah, all our guys are, are here. In fact, I was driving down to Union, uh, coming back from uh, a quick run uh, to get Dunkin' Donuts, and I saw less than a run through town. So uh, that made me happy. So uh, yeah, the guys are, are doing their best here in town. Well, it was Lesson, so when Lesson was running, he rolled down the window, he yelled, run faster. So. Yeah, yeah. 
I thought we had a fantastic preseason that was carefully planned out, uh, you know, between myself, uh, Ben, uh, James, and Tim. Um, you know, we, we took a look at it and said, you know, we need we need to have good training here, but we also needed to get away for a short period of time to, you know, to do some team bonding, do some team chemistry, uh, do a little bit of warmer weather, play a different opponent. Um, and we ended up going to Orange Beach, Alabama, and, and it was it was fantastic. It, we got so much out of that week in terms of being able to install different principles, um, you know, based on the fact that we could train multiple times a day uh, in the proper weather, and, and the fields were fantastic. The hotel was great, and the guys really came together. Um, you know, the meals went in, and you'd see guys just sitting around, you know, uh, that, you know, shooting the ball, and, you know, the one thing that I noticed, you know, being a coach, you kind of look for everything, right? So I noticed, uh, and I always sit where I can face the group with my back uh, to the wall, so I can see who enters, it's a jersey thing, uh, so I, I know who's coming into the room, and uh, I noticed, so I can view all the players, and the guys, there wasn't tables where the same group of guys sat at the same place every day. Um, no, they were all moving around and getting to know each other, and, uh, and, and that wasn't anything that we had mandated or the, the captain, uh, Mark Birch, had mandated. It's just what guys did. Um, and we came out of there, you know, in a really good place. And, you know, I think that carried on to, to our first match. I thought, uh, I'm, uh, I mean, I, I think the guys understand our strengths. Uh, they know areas that we need to improve on. Um, but we're a damn good team. And we're going we're gonna to make a lot of noise in that conference this year. I, I am assured of it, especially after that opening night performance. Yeah, I think um, for me, I think the, the game um, that, that really um, really put me in at, at ease that I understood um, where we were was our game in, in Orange Beach against Chattanooga. Um, it was a, a, an opponent who sat in their ends, um, didn't really want to come out, and we've still found ways to break them down, create numerous chances. Um, but what really I really liked about it was our pressing was very good. Uh, part of the reason why they didn't come out was because they couldn't get out. Um, and then the game got a bit chippy, and what you don't really want in a preseason game. But, uh, there was a couple of rash challenges, and I noticed um, our guys got together and confronted the challenge. Um, last year we didn't have that. You know, we didn't have that buy-in where everybody was down for the same cause. No, no offense to the guys last year, but we were new. We didn't have that veteran presence. Um, and I walked out of there and I said to Ben, I said, you know, not only are we a good team, we're a team that's together. And when you put those two things together, then you can compete with anybody. 
Um, you know, and look, we knew Indy, uh, arguably the most talented team in the East. Um, you know, with for me, should have been the MVP last year in, in Thrasher. We knew that would be a good test, but you know, it was something that our senior leadership uh, said to the team prior to, to us breaking camp in Alabama was, you know, we're going to find out, good or bad, where we sit after that end of the um, And I think we came out of that saying, yeah, we're good. We need to, to clean, up, clean up a few things, which is not surprising being that we had nine guys left from last year. Um, but we were on the right trajectory to, to achieve our goals, which is uh, getting the playoffs and, and making a run like this. Sure. Yeah, I was under a little bit of pressure with the billboard saying that he was going to be quiet. Yeah, I'll wait, I'll, I'll wait, I'll wait for, you know, Zach Carroll to put up his billboard, and next week, you know, maybe it's, uh, it's Gold Phoenix, so I, I don't think that was lost on the guys. I think there was a there's a pretty um, pretty good sense that you if you were at those games and saw trials, you might have saw the main goal for those games. Yeah. Yeah, you know it's, it's funny we we kind of talked to the clubs beforehand, um, you know, just to ask for and again all the teams in preseason try to keep their roster or their. Uh, lineup secretive so that you come into the first game, you're not really quite sure who's been playing. Um, but that doesn't really work because everybody knows everything by the time you kick off. Um, but yeah, they were they were super gracious in, in helping us with that regard. And look, we don't want to make an announcement until um, you know, Tim was very comfortable in the fact that he could play, his body would hold up, and you know, look, he's played, now everybody talks about he's played you know, 800 games. But with those 800 games, come probably like 15,000 practices. Um, so that takes a, a big toll. So we just, you know, when this all came about and we started talking about it, we just wanted to afford him as much time as possible to make sure his body um, could handle it. And we were very, very happy when he, he gave us the thumbs up that uh, he felt good enough that he could contribute this year. And I think his impact, you know, obviously he's, you know, the, the best goalkeeper this country's ever had, but his impact as far as leadership and being in the trenches with the guys, you, you just can't, you can't put any, any value on that that would be accurate. I mean, I think, I think we got off to a great start. I think we kind of caught Indy a little bit by surprise, in, in fairness. I mean, uh, you know, 
<laughs> well, that's good. Uh, I, I mean, I think they look at us from last year, and you know, they they won three zero both times. Uh, you know, yeah, you make changes, you bring in different players, but um, you don't know what that's going to look like. So I think human nature told them, like, okay, uh, you know, we're going to come out and impose our will on the game uh, and go from there. And we came out and punched them right in the mouth. Um, and, and got an early goal, and got the second goal, and, um, you know, we, even, you know, throughout the game, I thought we, you know, we had some really, like, if you look statistically, we were right there in every category. In the physical components, we dominated them. Second balls, challenges won, uh, passing, or uh, moments in the final third, we were well ahead. So, um, you know, the game for us changed in transition. Um, you know, with one player making uh, two very good plays. But um, when we went back and looked at it, you know, um, 70 minutes of that game, you know, we were we were the better team. Um, now, now that doesn't get you any three points, and you got to play for all 90, but it's something that you can, and very rarely, um, if ever, you'll hear me say, you know what, there, there's a lot of positives we can take from, from not winning that match, but that's one that you can't. Um, you know, our system works. Our pressing works. Our ability to play on the front foot works. Um, you know, so we, we've checked those boxes. We obviously need to continue to improve. Um, our goal creation was fantastic. Now, our finishing needs to be better because we should have found that third goal either earlier in the first half or certainly at the start of the second half with Pierre and Jose. Um, but that will come. Um, so I, I walked out of there saying, yeah, we, we, this is a game that we didn't get the points, but we're going to, we'll make up for that down the road, but this is a, a performance that everybody should say, right, we're a good team, and we're going to be coming at everybody, and this system works for us. You know what, Brian? That's an excellent point, and um, it's something that brings the team together. Um, you know, the the challenge on Tim was was not certainly not a fair one. And, um, it was great to see you know the boys stick up for him there. Um, there was other instances as well. Um, I think one of the reasons why Indy got a bit uh, bit chippy was they were stunned that they were getting smacked in the face. Uh, and when that happens, you know, they their first response was to, to try to physically now, um, you know, change the, 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 you know, the change the flow of the game or to intimidate, to intimidate us a bit, but we'll have none of that, and we'll have none of that all year. I mean, when you got guys, you know, like Kofi in the midfield and, you know, Zach and Liam in the back or physical presence, uh, that, that's not going to happen. And, you know, and Pierre's not afraid to take a chunk out of somebody. So, um, you know, I think we're, we're not going to be a team that, that teams can do that and think that's going to, you know, stem the tide of what we're after.
Right, and that's been, you know, since we started training camp on January 27th. That's, uh, if you came to our sessions, you would hear the words reaction. Um, that's like the number one theme that we had was positive reactions. So attacks in soccer, you know how it is. It's, it's a game that most times things break down. Um, so you have to react properly if you're going to press, which means you have to step to men and you have to condense space and you have to make play very difficult. And I thought our response in those moments was excellent. Having got, and I thought before I watched the second half on, on tape that night, I walked out of the arena thinking, or the stadium thinking, you know what? The second half, we just didn't, we didn't do that well enough. Well, I was corrected. I mean, uh, even after we had taken the second goal, we were still winning uh, a ton of second balls and putting them under, making them play backwards. Um, you know, look, and I'm going to be honest here, you know, the, the, the second goal is a, a bang on foul. The more I watch it, like I watched it immediately, and I do it live, but watching it, you know, watching a two-handed push, uh, push our player to the ground, their players actually stop. Um, but what we did wrong, that was one of the few times our reactions broke down. You know, we needed to have one of our backs, you know, preferably Mark Cypress, be tighter to Pasher in that moment. So when the ball did get spring to Pasher, um, and you realize that Pasher's about to get away, just foul. Just foul. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. You know, but again, we, we need to play through that, and we need to be on top of uh, on top of our assignment there. And look, that's again, uh, you know, a, a moment that you know we're new, we're new in these moments as a group. So that's something that as soon as we showed it on video on Monday, and went up like, yep, that's me. Won't happen again. Got it. And and I believe that um, because we're talented enough to to make sure that those things don't happen again. You know, but quick aside, what what. Got me really. You know, it doesn't take much for me to get eat on the sideline, I guess. Uh, but what got, what got me was the explanation, which was there was no no physical contact. That Pierre just fell over. I'm like, so my my next question was, what benefit would him falling over do that? And, and, and of course, I didn't get an answer. But you know, it is what it is. Well, that call will come back, and, and we'll get one that we need one day. I'm, I'm, that's kind of how it works. So. Um, tough to swallow at the time, but we'll, I'm sure we'll get that one back. And then the third one, you know, Liam had a great match. It's a, it's unfortunate that the clearance went awry and they go in on the breakaway. So, uh, you know, we kind of self, you know, it was kind of like self-inflicted wounds, um, but that can be eliminated. You know, what can't be um, overlooked, though, is our, our physical dominance and our pressure and our, our pressing. No, no. Yeah. Yeah, Rafa really, Rafa, Rafa really tested Evan, you know, and, and I, I coached Evan when he was a youth basketball team player, and that was one hell of a save by Evan. Um, but I, I agree, I don't think, and again, I, in credit to last year's team as well, you know, we had 23 one-goal games. I think the, the, the feeling from the city, the, um, our mantra, the way we want to represent 
um, the city of Memphis, our supporters, our president, our owner, um, is that we we are always going to compete. We are always going to go down swinging. Um, and you saw that again this year, and that's something that I know will continue. Yeah, I just said, you know, for 47 minutes and 45 seconds, we played really well. Um, you know, and the next goal will decide, like, the, ne- the next goal is the most important goal. Um, we need to either get it or we can't concede it. So, um, but we concentrated mostly on the positives. And then we, you know, we talked about an adjustment that they were going to make, and they did make the adjustment, but they did then with our pressure. Uh, since they were having such a difficult time, they pressed four players now high, and they basically abandoned trying to play and just kept you know serving longer balls, hoping for knockdowns, moments in transition, uh, things like that. And um, we really adjusted well to that. Um, I thought the left side with Birch and Liam were, were exceptional there. Uh, as a number of attacks, they tried to originate there. Um, and again, you know, we had that sorted out. Um, again, we got caught on our own corner in a transition moment, and then, you know, just an unlucky clearance by Liam. If he had all to do it all over again, I'm sure he'd do it right-footed um, instead of reaching across his body. But we handled their adjustment. We knew the adjustment. We knew what they were going to do. Um, because when we put together this system, one of the things um, Ben and I and, and Tim, you know, constantly look at is, okay, if we were to play against a team who did this, what would we do? And when you have that kind of pace that they do up top, you become more direct, which is something they don't want to do. They're a team that likes to play. So right away, we kind of win by them changing how they want to play. We just need to make sure that we clean up those, those two areas. is before the half, after the half, but it's never good to give up a goal. <laughs> I mean, look at time, and I'm going to say, oh, okay, that's a good time to give up a goal. I'll take that. Like, no, that, 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 I mean, that, that just doesn't exist. So, you know, it's never a good moment to give up a goal. However, you know, with the veteran leadership, with Birch, Reed, Howard, um, Jose, in that locker room, it was just like, okay, made a mistake. We allowed a guy to come inside or clear it before that. We're okay. Just stay with what we're doing. Uh, the third goal will come, and we're okay. There's very level-headed conversations, and adjustments were, were made and carried out. Um, so I don't think this the first goal was the backbreaker. I, I, you know, for me, you know, the second goal got their tails up a bit. Um, because now they were back in it. But as I, I think I mentioned to the media, but as I told the team afterwards, um, if we would have spent, you know, if you're, if you're 0-0 with the best team in the East with 20 minutes left, we all would have signed up for that. 
you know, and in essence, we were zero zero at that time or two two. It's the nature of the fact that we were up two goals and got, they got back into it. That kind of gets on your psyche a little bit. But I think we'll, we've recovered from that, and I think we've learned a good lesson. Sure, uh, Martin. Uh, Martin's a, a good friend and someone I have great respect for. And um, before I even got, you know, through with the handshake with him, he was like, uh, you know, Mulch, you, you have a very good team. Your team's going to do very well this year. Um, you're a playoff team, and you know, we we got out of here stealing one. So, you know, great job. And you know, you know, keep in touch that that thing. And then. When I saw him in the tunnel as they were getting ready to, to get on their bus to, to head back, he said, he's like, look, I'm not throwing bouquets at you. You have a really good team, and you're really well prepared. And thank God we got you early uh, because you're only going to get better. And that's somebody who I have tremendous respect for. He builds you know, teams the right way. Uh, their teams play really good football. Um, so it, that, that made me feel well. Um, and the one thing I like about Martin, having known him, is he's not saying that, um, you know, to make me feel like the, you know, because he's the winning coach, you can say it. You know, Martin doesn't say things he doesn't mean. I think they definitely do. Um, you know, and again, though, as I, as I always say, you know, we're always trying to improve our roster. It's very fluid. Um, but, yeah, by, by all means, um, you know, I think they were very pleased with the work they had done in the offseason to assemble these guys. I mean, um, you look at the guys that we had on the pitch, you know, that came in through their, their work, is Zach Carroll, Jose Baxter, and Mark Cypress. I mean, I, I, I joke that we signed a new player at left back by putting Birch there because, I mean, he, he's the best left back in the division. I mean, Jesus. Um, and then you add, you add, you, then you add Reed and Kofi, and um, it's just a, a different group. And you can bring a guy like Rafa off the bench, and, you know, we'd even get to key that game. Um, you know, which in hindsight, maybe I should have gone to two up top uh, at one point. Um, and that's something that I, I've taken a hard look at since and had a great conversation with Key about it, actually. So, um, yeah, I think everybody, you know, it, to Tim and James and the work they've done in the offseason to put together a playoff caliber roster where we certainly have done that. And I think, I think you'll, con- you'll continue to see if, if we need to make um, adjustments that, you know, they'll, they'll go out and help us, you know. And the one X factor that no one no one's talked about that uh, has me salivating is getting Tristan Hodge back. Um, you know, <laughs> well, now we have competition, don't we? Um, you know, that's only going to make us better. Uh, so, you know, Tristan, uh, before he got hurt, was arguably, um, you know, our top defender. Uh, he's got his work cut out for him to break into that group. Uh, by all means, so he's uh, he's an exceptional player, and he's working uh, his backside off it to get healthy and get ready. And um, he's a he's a team favorite. The guys love him. 
So uh, looking forward to getting that new player back as well. Pierre is an exceptional talent. He, you know, my first game in Orlando uh, in our brand new stadium in front of 25,000 people. We're beating New York uh, FC 1-0. We put him up and said, okay, help us see out the game. Um, I think he was 19 at the time. So he has that ability. Uh, he's uh, a next-level talent for sure. Um, most, most, just like most player, young players, he needs to play and he needs to be consistent. So our message to him this year was, you know, there's, there were times last year where he was wonderful, you know, but the best player on the pitch. Um, and there were times where he would go missing. Um, we can't have those times to go missing because he's too valuable of a player to us. Um, we saw in preseason his level of fitness is good. Uh, he, he's a really intelligent footballer. Um, and then, you know, technically he's in a different, he's a, of another class. Um, so I think if we continue to do our job right here in Memphis, hopefully he, uh, you know, rounds out to be the, the next Elliot and, you know, gets a, a, a good chance to play at the next level. Yeah, just uh, look, um, hang in there with us. First and foremost, please stay healthy. Uh, care for yourself and your families. Um, but I can tell you, when we're given the green light um, to get back together, we're going to be, you know, help and for Larry to get, to get the boys ready to go. Um, my thanks to you for the first opening weekend. Uh, the crowd was amazing. Our new players were all like, this is why we came. Um, and I think you saw we're going to be an exciting team, but man, we, we always need you guys uh, in every way. And uh, just care for yourselves now, care for your families, and then when we get back together, let's continue to make Autozone Park, uh, you know, a hell of a place for people to try to come and get points. guys for having me on. I miss you guys as well. Just everybody, please stay healthy, and uh, we'll be back uh, sooner than you know it, and we'll be ready to go. So thank you very much, guys. More next on My Three Subs, a soccer odyssey.
I love talking soccer, but I also love talking about real estate, too. And, and people ask me about both a lot. And one of the big questions I get in real estate is, how's the housing market? The housing market looks great, and interest rates are near historical lows. And really, it all comes down to when is the time right for you. If you're ready to make your move, give me a call. Tim Van Horn at Cry Like Realtors. 901-756-8900 is my office number. Brody, can I give him my cell number? Oh, I can? Okay. 901-262-5000. That's my cell phone. You can also go to my website, timvanhorn.com. I can help you with your move around the block, around the city, around the state, and even around the world, too. I have a network of relocation certified agents just ready to help you. They are dying for your business, and I can put you in touch with those. All it takes is pick up the phone, give me a call. 901-756-8900. That's my office number. You can call me at my cell, 901-262-5000. Or just go online. Check me out at timvanhorn.com. That's timvanhorn.com with Cry Like Realtors. This is My Three Subs, a soccer odyssey. And we have added time to the podcast.
Thank you for listening. Check out more of my three subs podcast, A Soccer Odyssey.